0: Welcome to the Sports and Shit Podcast presented by Anchor. Your hosts each week are Maddie. If you're a pyro, make it worth my while. You know, light yourself on fire and walk down the street. And the multi talented
1: Smitty. Hey, if we're going to eat balls, let's experiment with the sauces. Seriously. If you like sports sprinkled in with a little bit of shit, then this podcast is for you. Now, here are your hosts, Maddie and Smitty.
0: It's episode 25 of the Sportsmanship Podcast presented by Anchor. We appreciate you joining us again this week. We have an action-packed agenda coming up. Lots to talk about, including the Celtics draft picks. Chad Bishop will join us. He writes for VUCommodores.com, the official website of Vanderbilt Athletics. We'll talk about Aaron Neesmith and Rob Mosley from GoDucks.com. He's the editor there to talk about Peyton Pritchard, two of the Celtics draft picks, I just picked this past week, and much, much more to come. Another five questions with two assholes. But first, I am Maddie, and let me bring in my co host for the 25th straight week. He was the 61st pick in the NBA draft, Smitty. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, 61, huh? 61. Yeah. There's only 60 better players. This year than Smitty, yeah. I mean, you could really stroke it per se. Yeah. That's what I hear.
1: Felt the only thing. I can yeah. do. Uh not not much call for a slow left handed point guard that can't No, shoot. no slow so. left handed stroke
0: is uh, what you have, <laughs> and uh, that, that was uh, that caught the eye of the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, and you will be heading to Memphis. So good for you. Uh, yeah. Election night happened recently, and. I think there's a new president. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But there was some exciting developments on election night. And one of them was the porn searches that happened on election night. And they went state by state with it.
1: They did. They did. So what do you think? I think I told you. But what do you think Maine would search for for porn on election night?
0: The state of Maine would probably go with some sort of animal porn or... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Incestuous porn. I don't know. What do you
1: got? So the state of Maine searched for daddy. daddy. So some daddy issues. Some daddy issues, daddy in Maine. issues that, that up I'll
0: in Maine. grant you. I'll grant you. That, that's daddy not out of the realm there. possibility.
1: Give me Massachusetts. So Massachusetts, as as everyone knows, Massachusetts is a is a hub well, for education. Also a
0: hub for the sportsmanship podcast.
1: It is. Yeah. Lots of colleges around the Massachusetts area, and that was that was the search for Massachusetts college. college.
0: So that just like yeah. the shirt that John Belushi wore in uh,
1: exactly in the Animal House college. I yeah, I did see looking that. For uh, it was, college, it was uh, some college age. Oh, there's some weird ones out there, though.
0: Yeah, we saw Jones. You know, Jones last week we had for five questions with two assholes. He's out in Colorado. They had Tushy
1: Utah. Staying on, Brand went with Mormon. Yep,
0: yeah, that's not one of the bigger upsets. That's,
1: that's that's right on par. How about South Carolina? What would you think
0: South Carolina would choose? South Carolina would go with. I'm gonna go with like uh, South Carolina.
1: I'm gonna go with three. You wouldn't go with grandma, would Gra- you?
0: <laughs> grandma porn from South Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's what that's they went what with. They went with wow, grandma. Okay, really, Louisiana yeah. down there. They you know they have Mardi Gras. Yeah. They have all kinds of stuff Beed. going on with the beads. Yeah. Popeyes, Popeyes, Louisiana fried chicken. That's what they're so looking they're for on the Pornhub.
0: The Pornhub. They're yeah. searching Popeyes. I wonder if they get Popeyes. like olive oil porn when they do that. Maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. Connecticut had wedgie. Was they did. wedgie porn?
1: Todd. It's I've special. never heard of that before. Was there, there
0: any Zoom, Zoom meeting porn? Because <laughs> that's the
1: least sexual thing. <laughs> I don't I didn't see Washington, D.C. on here. Washington, D.C. Probably
0: with Maryland that just lumped in there.
1: Delaware had election. election. I don't know. Election porn. Election. I don't know well, what you can find there. Trump. Trump porn? They did. did. Look How about like? Mississippi Mississippi searched for prawn. They spelled porn wrong.
0: <laughs> Multiple people. Like isn't this like a like a that was the, yeah it's the most searched thing
1: p r o n wow. the most searched word wow I, in
0: Mississippi I would have had uh, either West Virginia or Maine in that one but wow how about accidental cream pie that was uh, Missouri how can it be accidental <laughs> I don't know that's that's odd that's that's odd. Yeah, And what I'd like to know is who who is actually, you know, monitoring the porn searches on election night to accumulate all the data. It's really kind of kind of striking. I don't know why you would why you would do that. I don't know why that would be a thing. But uh, I also don't know why you would buy Dunkin Donuts apparel. Have you seen the Dunkin Donuts apparel? First of all, the colors are terrible. Pink and orange has got to be one of the worst combination of colors out there. I mean, they just don't go together. It just looks terrible. It looks like Pepno-Bismol with some orange juice. Like, it's just awful. It's awful. And awesome. they have the, the Dunkin' Donuts. First of all, i have never buy apparel or any of that stuff from Dunkin' Donuts that's way overpriced. And I mean, I love Dunkin' Donuts, something fierce. I mean, I go every day. I go every day. I probably spend, I was thinking of this the other day, probably spend about two grand a year. Because if I go 40 bucks a week, 52 weeks a year, I'm at about two grand a year.
1: I was up there with you. I have I've cut back. So I only go probably like once or twice a week now, but I was going every day, sometimes more than once a day. Yeah. So I was, I was spending my fair share, but I, I honestly would never in a million years, buy a single piece no, of this I mean the, the
0: sweatshirt with the pink and orange sleeves and the I mean it's just Just a bathrobe oh.
1: I mean get the fuck <laughs> out of here with that a bathrobe I mean, with up, like the, the Dunkin logo written yeah. on it oh, I mean, it's, God, just, it's just I, I don't know why anyone would, would
0: ever do that but Dunkin Donuts will come out with apparel just in time for holidays So, so beware you may get you know some Dunkin Donuts boxer shorts under the Christmas tree this year so craigslist so actually i actually was going to talk to you about this craigslist has this it's different than what we we're about to talk about but they have this thing called misconnections i don't know if you have ever seen this but on craigslist there's a section in the community section that's called misconnections and and basically it's about either loves that are lost that you want to like you know reacquaint yourselves with so you it's a passive aggressive way to be like hey you know Karen, <laughs> you know I, I miss you. We, we got together 15 years ago. I wonder where you are now. Hit me up if you see this kind of thing. And of course, there's a 0. 0.0001 chance for seeing it. So anyway, there's this thing called misconnect. But you can also do it if you go to like Dunkin' Donuts and you're in line and you see someone you're kind of attracted to, and then you go back to your computer and say, "Hey, sorry, you Dunkin' Donuts in the brown jacket. Like, hope you see this kind of thing." So it's called misconnections. And I'm really thinking that we're going to do that coming up, just pick out three or four of them, because some of them are just rolling the ground funny. I mean, we're We're absolutely absolutely looking through those. So I see this on Craigslist, though you sent this to me. There was this, this Craigslist ad that said, be naked at my sister's wedding. And it says, my sister is having an outdoor wedding in New Cannon, Connecticut in May. I want someone to be naked in the woods and to run through the wedding in order to ruin it. I will protect you from my family, <laughs> <laughs> so you can go get naked in the woods, in New Canaan, Connecticut, and just at the right time, streak through the wedding, just to ruin it, because he evidently doesn't like and, it, and,
1: and somehow be paid and for, somehow this. be paid, somehow it. be compensated. Yeah.
0: It's a perfect gig. It's a perfect. gig. I mean, I would consider I mean, I would it. Consider I guess consider running naked through a wedding for a certain price. Okay, name your price. If, if just if a guy said this to you, I don't know if I'd do it for 20, right. I I wouldn't do it for anything less than 100 bucks, I don't think. Like that's out of the question. You'd have to pay me more yeah. than 100 I mean, if bucks. If you came out with like 500 beans, I I probably consider it. If you're protecting me from your family and I just run through, "Hey, what the hell? I don't know these people." You know, I'll take your 500 bucks. Pay me in advance.
1: I I think you would have to you would have to go a thousand. A thousand? Okay. Yeah. I Maybe think it's awesome. just, you know you like to show yeah, your nuts I, I off I a little do. bit. I think I'm, I'm a closet. I would take 50 bucks guy, and I just don't want to admit it. So let me ask you this: Have you ever been streaking before in your life? I have not been streaking. No, in fact, I I have been rarely seen with my
0: shirt off in public. To be honest with you, <laughs> so the fact so i streaking for 500 bucks <laughs> is really out of the realm of of what I usually do.
1: I've done it twice in my you life.
0: Streaked twice in your life? Yeah. Hey, twice. honey, we're going streaking. Wow. These <laughs> yeah. So
1: once was, I don't remember how old I was. Like um, if you're five,
0: that doesn't count. People five years No, 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 Main
1: no, Main no, street. no, no. I, I, I want to say, I mean, I don't know if it was high school. Might have been eighth grade. Okay. Maybe eighth grade. Okay. From my house in Waltham to basically Sal's Pizza. So my house across Main Street oh my and back. You ran across Main yeah. Street
0: at like 13 years old
1: naked? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I did. Oh my God, it crossed me. With with, with I'm throwing I'm throwing some people under <laughs> yes, the bus. So I, I don't know if you listen to this podcast or not, but you're gonna get thrown under the bus with Steve McGovern and Ryan Brophy. Really?
0: And the three of <laughs> yeah. you. So so okay. So take me there. So take me. You're you're in you know Ryan Brophy's living room, but you're wrong. We're in my you're living, in room. living room. Your living room. You're like, yep. hey, what do you guys want to do? Play video games? You want to go play uh, street hockey outside? So I was or? probably
1: play video games. I'm gonna throw him under the bus just because. It was probably his idea. But I'm going to go with it was McGovern's idea to okay. do it.
0: Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that's reasonable. Okay. So you're, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, what do you want to do next? So let's go over to sales. I'm hungry. Yeah, let's do it naked. Is that what it comes <laughs> Right. Jesus. Right. I don't get how, yeah. how that even
1: comes to be. Yeah, how that, how that comes yeah. about. I don't know how it comes about. And I don't know how, how, you know, you get to the point where you're actually naked. I don't know how that comes to be comes together yeah uh and then the other time i was in college okay and i i remember it vividly because everybody else it was like i don't know if it was like a day at a party or something but like ton of people did it was i might have been the whole whole dorm was like everybody out naked run around the dorm and come back but there was one kid this greek kid named nick who everybody else was like sprinting as fast (laughs) as they could go and this kid is just walking. Wow, that's just a, walking, that's and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, right. "Nude, <laughs> I'm nude!" And he was just, he was just strutting oh, around. my god, I'll remember for the rest wow. of my life because it was, that's, it was pretty funny. Pretty bold, yeah, that's, it was, it was, was it soft soft was confidence. bold. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So that that was a lot of Malibu and cranberries. I'm sure leading up to that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it I'm was. sure there was. And maybe some pizza TikToker out there cleans. He knows the real reason why the pizzas come with those plastic stools in the delivery. Now, I always thought it kept the cheese from hitting the top of the uh, the, the box, box. you know, so you don't get cheese all over the top of the box. But evidently, he thinks that there's a different reason for it, I guess, because it actually helps to separate the The slices. slices. So it gets you a head start on the slice separation.
1: Yeah. So apparently you put the stool onto a slice next to the one that you want and you push down on the stool on this particular slice. And then it is easier to tear off the slice that you actually do want to use. And that way you're not touching the other slice. Yeah. So you're pushing down on the slice next to the one that you want to tear off. So you're not you're not separating it at the crust. You're not uh, putting your hands on a slice that someone else I is gotcha. eating. So you're, so you're not you're, touching someone else's gotcha. food.
0: Okay, so you're, you're touching the stool instead of the other slice of pizza. So you don't do that spread Correct. the pizza thing.
1: So you're not spreading the COVID. Right. You know, you're just your using germs, the stool. You know,
0: licking your fingers and then grabbing someone right.
1: else's slice. Right, yeah. which I think this is totally made up. I think, up that's, in, I think that's, 100% that's 100% false.
0: made up. You know what else? You know what I really like? I've always liked Cinnabon. Cinnabon, Me too. I used to go to the Watertown Mall. used to have a Cinnabon place there. And my mother would take us. And every time we get this enormous Cinnabon roll with all the icing on it. Well, evidently, they're selling the frosting by the pint. I mean, they're usually shitting me. Wow. They're selling it by the pint. I'm telling you. My mother would always say, (laughs) you know, you're going to get a bellyache. You're going gonna to hurt belly if you, if you have too much of the Cinnabon, like right out of the oven with the melted frosting. And You know you mentioned this the other day. How old is too old for a man
1: to say belly? Is that weird? This goes back to what we were talking about, but I do think it it's is weird. Belly? I think, yeah, belly and tummy from a man is... I don't know if that's like a sexist thing or, or what, yes. or a stereotype. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's odd. Is it odd? I think as a man... I think you have to say stomach 100% of the time. And I've done it before, too. I've said belly. belly. Yeah. say belly sometimes. Yeah, but belly it seems weird coming out of my, you know, yeah, saying. Be- belly is one of those
0: words. You know, I have this reminds me of a story I have about, about the word potty. So I got a bunch of my college buddies. I think it was after we graduated. I can't remember. Maybe we were getting together for a bachelor party at my house or before I got married years ago. I don't know. Or it might have just been we were getting together to go out. But we were old enough to drink. So now we were out to a bar or two. But so we're, well, mid-20s or whatever it is. And so we're standing in, at my house. We all congregate at my house, my parents' house. And we're going to leave. So we're walking down, and there's like eight of us. We're walking down the driveway, and my mother says, hey, you know, be careful. You know, you know, don't, you know, be smart. Be careful. Okay, ma, great. And then she comes back to the front door as we're getting in the cars and says, oh, and Matt, did you go potty? Holy <laughs> Yeah. So, so I just looked at her, and all oh, my college buddies looking at me, potty, seriously, like, and I'm like, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm good, like, I'm, I'm good. I think they have a bathroom there, like Jesus. So she, she dropped a potty on me in like yeah. my mid to late twenties in front of my eight. Yeah, relatives. you
1: probably. You probably didn't hear the end of that. Oh, that. I, I, I was or, asked if, if I didn't go to the party like 15 times the rest of the night. Yeah. And then a
0: few times yeah. later.
1: too. honestly, if I was there for that story, oh my God. I would still be bringing you, you it would. up to this day. Occasionally. You, you absolutely would. Yeah, I would. Because you, you, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not you, you are. You are. You are, you are <laughs> that kind of a friend of royal <laughs> asshole. But the <laughs> but the
0: potty potty is up there with belly and tummy and you know yeah kids, it is so kid kid words that you really as a man probably should stop saying you know backwards hat guy was was twenty five and potty yeah. and belly and is right before there <laughs> I like, think yeah like, it's, it's like eighteen
1: I mean yeah it's it's or that's early. early I mean I, I'm not sure you should be saying like belly and tummy and potty like even I mean even really. College, no, I, so, mean, I mean, high school, yeah. I mean, I high don't school? even
0: know if in, in high school, I think your high school yeah, pro- be on you.
1: No, I don't think no, so. I, I think, think yeah, I think you're talking, yeah, like 10 younger than that. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's it's a you know, grade school, yeah, yeah, probably grade school. We I mean, you get a, yeah. bit, a potty in the belly and a you know, tummy. So, at America's fast food chains by state, there was a map that was put out. We talked mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving sides and how blasphemy that some of that was. Maine had yep. the side salad. And now on National Fast Food Day, there was a tweet out with a, with a map mm-hmm. in Maine. Yep. <laughs> not only was I pissed off about the side salad, which really isn't a Thanksgiving side, but now the favorite fast food chain of Maine was listed as Long John Silvers. And here's the issue there's not a single Long John Silvers in Maine, but evidently it's the number one food chain in Maine. So they love
1: it enough to travel to a different state. New
0: Hampshire, which is the closest one. How about Massachusetts being Boston market? Literally, we talked about Dunkin' Donuts. Literally, millions of people go to Dunkin' Donuts in Massachusetts every
1: day. Every day. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts is the most popular in Rhode Island, in New Hampshire, and in Vermont. But not Massachusetts. Massachusetts? I find that That's where it began. began It's false. I mean, it's erroneous.
0: It's er it's erroneous. It's erroneous. Boston Market has never grown past
1: however many stores they have now. I mean, there was a Boston Market that's never, never competed with KFC. I mean, I've been to Boston Market in my life, maybe three three times. times, And
0: it was across the street from Star Market.
1: And I've gone to McDonald's probably a thousand times. So to say that, Boston market is the number one fast food chain in Massachusetts, especially with Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, being there is just ridiculous beyond imagination. Yeah. As is Maine picking Long John Silver's, yeah. So I mean, I said it the last time when they said the thing about the side salads. Yeah. You really need to move out of I Maine. Do. I mean, there's it some is, backwards-ass folks up some there.
0: really, I mean, the the daddy porn and the and the side <laughs> salad and the
1: sauce salad. And the, I mean, yeah. these people are watching daddy porn. They're eating a side yeah. salad with, you know, a cod filet from Long John yeah. Silver I that, mean, they, that they had to drive to New Hampshire to yeah. get. That's probably it's cold. I mean, get the hell yeah, out so of there was, while you still is, have a this chance. Is why the economy is like 49th in the country. I mean, you could live in Mississippi and spell porn. Yeah,
0: well, that's true, too. I mean, it, I mean, that's it's not the worst, I guess. It's not the worst scenario. in an out Burger out in uh, Pacific Northwest. Denny's in California. Denny's.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind yeah, of shocking. You know what else yeah. is shocking? Alaska going Bubba Gump.
0: Really? Bubba Gump in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was some Taco Bell in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't know. At Long John Silver and the Dunkin' Donuts thing. I mean, the, that's Massachusetts, Boston Market. I honestly don't know a soul who goes to Boston Market ever.
1: I mean, the only one I knew about was, was over near uh, Star yeah, Market. Yeah, right across It's gone. Yeah,
0: it's gone. So I don't even yeah, know where so, it is. I don't yeah. know where you can
1: find one. So I guess this was on uh,
0: Barstool. It was one of those answers of the internet. You get to spin a roulette wheel. We actually should have used this one. Maybe we'll use it in a future five questions with two assholes. You get sure. to spin a roulette wheel. If you land on red, you get 10 years in jail. But if you land on black, you get one hundred million dollars. Do you take
1: the spin? I have questions. Okay. All right. So I have questions. Okay. for the question. Like who? Like is like are you in there with Jerome and his buddies? And I mean, there's a lot of questions right. right. What kind of what kind of prison am I going right. to? Am I going into a maximum security prison in Mississippi where they spell porn wrong? Right. If I drop the soap, I'm going to be sodomized. Right. Are you
0: going in? Maine or am I going into daddy, a? Daddy am porn? I
1: going into a minimum security prison? Where, you know, I'll have my own cell and I can watch cable TV and talk to Martha Stewart. Because it makes a big big difference. It
0: really does make a difference. So I'm (laughs) guessing this is maximum security. I'm guessing this is not a good situation to roll the dice between 10 years in jail and $100 million. And I'm telling you right now, I'm thinking right now, 47, I get out at 57. And you know what? It might be worth the roll of the dice to go for it. Cause a hundred million bucks
1: could really, I it's mean, generational. It's, it's generational. I mean, that changes, it's not just changes yeah. your life. It changes family's life. So like you said, I'm spinning. Just, yeah. I'm spinning. I think I'm going to spin too. And in my luck, I'll be sitting and spinning because yeah. I won't, I'll, I I'll, wealth. I'll be in jail, yeah. but I mean, yeah. they say I always bet on black and it's black to win. So yeah. the hell. Yeah. Go. Always
0: bet on black. I would, I would throw it on black.
1: How about this? Would you would you
0: instead of the roulette wheel, which is or instead of, say, jail, would you take an enormous pipe hanging from a couple of chains swinging like a pendulum into the crotch? Because this is what happens. A Chinese Kung Fu master, Wang Lutai, no pun wow. intended, demonstrates <laughs> the incredible iron crotch Kung Fu. Don't try it yourself. That's a-
1: that's a thing. Yeah,
0: Iron crotch kung fu is literally an enormous, almost looks like a telephone pole type pole that is hanging from a pendulum situation, like two chains. And it just, you, you push it away from your, yourself and it comes careening back in your crotchal region. And you grunt and you take it like a man. And it's one of those acts of strength that the kung fu master, Wang Lutai, who, who gets it in the wang,
1: it does get uh, it in the way. Purposely. So my my question is this. It doesn't sound like you have to do a lot of preparation. No. So could I be like a, you know, a red belt or something like not a black belt cuz obviously you got to take the 50 ton, you know, whatever big iron thing in the doms. Yes. But can I be like a red belt if I just like got hit with like a tennis ball in the nuts?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. See, that I was going to ask you this, actually. It's funny you mentioned that. I was going to ask you what your tolerance is. Like, where would you, how, how much would you go? Would you go, is your limit tennis ball to the nuts? Uh, is your limit like, you know, medicine ball to the nuts or? I mean, I've, in been hitting, I've been hitting the nuts a bunch of times. Yeah.
1: Not really, any time too recently. No,
0: me neither. Not, I mean, not I, I, I've stayed away from that uh, crunching.
1: But I mean, I've taken like a street hockey ball oh, yeah. shot off the nuts. Yeah. I think a, probably a baseball. Off and the there's nuts a couple of different. There's a
0: couple of different things that happen. Like you can take one in the nuts, and you get that that really bad belly. <laughs> you know, you get that. <laughs> you get that. Like it feels like you're gonna have the runs, kind of kind of cramp, stomach cramp. That's a that's a tough one. Or if you get hit like right in the tip of the penis, like you can get hit in the nut and that hurts. <laughs> tip of the penis is a different type of pain and dangerous, let's be honest. I mean, you could really yeah. hurt your tip. Of I, the penis.
1: I honestly, I think the nut, I think the nut pain hurts more. Yeah. I would, I would, say cause it kind of, it, it feels like you, it feels like your balls just get like pushed up into your body. It just, up in your, it's up just, in your body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a, yeah. It's just a different kind yeah. of pain. I'm sure women have dealt with much more pain oh, than we're talking of about course. here. Um but thoughts. as a guy, that's that's the I think that's the most yeah, the most pain this is, that this there is, called, is on... uh, I
0: believe this was called Tai Dang Gong
1: <laughs> or something like that. And the guy's name is Wang.
0: Wang, Wang taking the Tai Dang Gong. Uh Wang <laughs> He's
1: taking a gong he's taking a gong yes. to the, gong to the to dong. The dong. Wang's taking a gong to the donkey. iron
0: crotch kung fu, coming to a uh, a fitness facility near you. So that's uh, that's something I'm going to uh, avoid.
1: I yeah. I think I'm already belted in that, so like I yeah. could, you know, I could probably. I'm telling you right now, if I walk into a
0: kung fu place like that, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm gonna pass on the membership because I, I'm not taking blunt objects uh, to the crotch for any apparent reason. Yeah. That doesn't build toughness. That just creates impetus. No,
1: glutton for punishment, really.
0: Evidently, CNN says that dinosaurs were actually doing well at the time of extinction and could have continued to dominate planet Earth if they had not been wiped out by an asteroid. Like that was a, really, you could say it's a a life-changing event. An asteroid wiped out dinosaurs. So the pterodactyls that we've talked about in this program were the short Mm -hmm. arms. You know, (laughs) the the T-Rexes could have dominated planet Earth. They emerged in the Triassic period some 230 million years ago. And dinosaurs occupied every continent.
1: How is this breaking news? I I mean, what on? I mean, newsflash dinosaurs would have survived if they weren't extinct. I mean, what in the fuck? So this asteroid impact was 66
0: million years ago. They were rendered extinct by an asteroid.
1: Dinosaurs would have been years. fine
0: if... Yeah. yeah. So let me get this straight. Even if the asteroid doesn't hit, they're going to last another 66 million years guaranteed. Like, hey, would have been fine if we didn't get hit by an asteroid 66 million years ago. We're not talking, you know, 400 years ago. We're talking 66 million years ago.
1: Long what time. was
0: Earth like back then? I mean, that must have been just like T-Rexes, like fighting
1: each other. With their short arms. Well, I'll tell you what, if the stupid asteroid hadn't come along, we would have a fucking T Rex and a Velociraptor oh, and a <laughs> stegosaurus at the zoo. We would have tell at you that zoo. much.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? We would have been taking crotch shots from a T Rex. <laughs> right right <laughs> after the right after the Jones right after the Jones cat <laughs> and the parrot.
1: Like boom. If you get through that sure. gauntlet,
0: then you're you're, yeah you're, the you're parrot going.
1: tells you to fuck off yeah. and then jones jones pounces on you as a cheetah right. you're trying to run away he's running 70 miles an hour after yes. you and then tackles you to the ground yes. you somehow fight him off and then a T-Rex comes by and just scoops you up and eats you with his little <laughs> arms it does.
0: and if you survive that gauntlet you are going to make it all
1: the way to the end so this christmas tree in
0: new york city It uh, it was on bar stools. They showed it. This Christmas tree looked like what I do when I try to trim my hedges in the front yard. And I leave like one side looking like holy hell. And the other side looked fine. But the right side was like when you, you, it's almost looked like when you have your Christmas tree up and you put on the five heaviest ornaments you have on the same branch. And it just looks (laughs) like hell. Like it just opens up the whole right side. It looks terrible. It looks like that, right? I mean,
1: I mean, this is the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. Like they do a a big TV tree lighting. Yeah, they do. This this may be the ugliest public Christmas tree I have seen in my entire life. It, it, I'm not you, kidding. You. you are kidding. One side of it looks like a a real proper Christmas yeah. tree. The other side looks barren. It does. It looks naked and afraid it looks like a charlie brown christmas i don't know like if you're picking
0: out the tree or where they got this like okay hey timmy grab that one over there and we'll we'll fix it up a little it'll be fine i mean what were they cutting corners like what is this tree?
1: Uh, i mean are they planning to like glue branches onto i don't
0: are they sitting like santa on that that branch that's hanging off the side i don't even know why you would think that that's a good tree I mean, you, you folks have to check that out. Look it up on Twitter. It's the NYC Rockefeller Plaza tree. And it looks worse than Charlie Brown because at least Charlie Brown was barren, but it was barren equally. Right. It was just, you know, thin. This is just distorted. It looks, it looks pathetic. It looks hideous. It looks hideous. And you know what else looks hideous? It's some of these retro jerseys in the NHL came out with. NHL is really hurting financially, probably. Revenue down, no ticket sales. So they come out with this retro jersey to try to pump some merchandise sales. Obviously, two hundred and fifty
1: dollars, three hundred dollars a pop or something outrageous. I think that's plain without a name on it. I think they're like two seventy with a name on it. Wow, two hundred seventy dollars. So these these yeah.
0: were some of them are nice. Like the Colorado Avalanche have the old Quebec Nordiques.
1: Right, so give me a, give me your top five. I'm going to go top and then, five, and then, I'm going, and then your least
0: favorite. Okay, so the the top five, I'm going, I'm going. Colorado Avalanche have the old Nordiques. I'm going yep. Carolina Hurricanes have the old Whalers. But you know, what? I I don't mind. I don't mind the Canadians. They can be they can be in there in the top five. Canadians are all right. The Kings, I like. I like the purple and gold. That's the old school. I like that it's probably the fourth, and then. You know what i I don't mind the Green Devils.
1: That's a that's an old school late '80s. I don't yep. mind that.
0: So I'd go with those five
1: probably. I'm right with you. I, I'm I'm big fan of the Avalanche one. Big fan of the Whalers one. I love the Devils one. The Green and Red, and I love the um. What was the other one you said? Oh, I like the Bruins one probably over the Canadians one. I like the gold. I like the uh, the simplicity of the Bruins yeah. one. What was the other one you said? Oh, the Kings. The Kings, yeah. the Kings one. I, I liked that one a see, lot. See, too.
0: that's retro to me. Like, Yeah. And When you say retro, you have to have worn something like it in the past.
1: Because it's retro. Right. It's going
0: throwback. Like yeah. Some of these retros have never really been worn before. And the the one that's the worst, you asked, you asked me about the worst ones. I think the Mighty the Ducks one is the worst.
1: I hate the Ducks Cause one.
0: Because it, it literally looks like a kid drew a pencil drawing of this. Yeah
1: of this mighty duck. It looks it's terrible. Not a lo- it's not it's not a logo. It, it's a pencil drawing. I don't understand why all these people love it. it it's it's a black and white pencil yeah. drawing with a, you know, yellow hockey stick. It looks it terrible.
0: Looks, it looks horrendous.
1: You can't you can't even really tell what it is.
0: It looks like one of those one of those um, like a restaurant will have like a kids drawing contest. And it looks yes. like that's where they got it. Like the the best one they came up with at, at like the 99.
1: Like you know, like right. this, okay, somebody this, needs to color it in. Still, yeah, though. it
0: looks like you know, nine-year-old Aiden drew the uh, Mighty Ducks logo.
1: I think the Red Wings one looks like a practice jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all white it. with the Red Wings logo on the yeah. front, and then like a gray stripe on the sleeves and a gray stripe at the bottom. Yeah. super, super plain. Super plain. I like the
0: Maple Leafs. I mean, I like the sweat. I, mean, I like the sweaters with the uh, with the laces. The Maple Leafs looks yeah. nice. I mean, that's kind of clean. But some of them were just, I don't even know, like the Calgary Flames, you know, some of them were just, just too much. Like, don't give me this, this, this caricature, this cartoon thing. I don't, I don't want that.
1: I I don't like Dallas Stars one either. I think that one's way too plain. I don't like that either. I'm not spending, you
0: know, $275 on, on any of it, really. And here's a a story that was actually sent to us by a good buddy, Clute. He sent this to us just before uh, we came on tonight and it's a good news, bad news, fellas, from Barstool, study finds that guys with smaller penises actually make more money.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So
0: how about
1: that? That's kind of a good news for me, because, because you have a small penis, I don't make right? a lot of oh, okay. money. And I and I thought, I thought I have a small penis, oh. but maybe it's not as small as I thought. Well, I mean, hey, hey, maybe you're you know about Because I Because mean? I, I, I don't, because yeah. I don't really make all that much yeah. money. So, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more, uh, more endowed yeah, maybe, than I thought maybe you're
0: a poor bastard and that's, uh, that's okay. You know, that's okay yeah. in this situation. Right. I always thought like the, I don't know, I, I, does it doesn't really, I guess it, why, why would it matter? If, I guess confidence is the thing, right? If you typically, they say, if you have, if you're more well endowed, you have more confidence. So maybe you will go and get a better job or bigger position or more money, or more opportunity, because you're confident. I don't know. I mean, you're not, there's no swinging dicks in the interview.
1: You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we're not streaking in the no, interview. No, we're not streaking
0: in the interview. No, I mean, we're streaking no. to sell on Saturday afternoon, but we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that stuff, you know, in the office. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that smaller penis men typically get bigger trucks. I think that's true. I think that's true. I really do.
1: There was a kid that I went to college with, who had a gigantic truck and he was a very short kid. Yeah. I've never I've never seen his penis before, right. but he was a very short right. kid. And so I would just have to imagine that it was all, you know, proportional. It, I think it is. I think so. it does
0: substitute for some <laughs> some uh, imperfections, yeah, some lacking, you know. And I think that uh that's an interesting little thing though because uh you know, smaller.
1: Finishes. No, no, pun intended. no, pun intended. Interesting no, little thing. Yeah,
0: it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's an interesting, interesting, little thing you got there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's the way to get the women then. If you have the smaller, the smaller unit, then um, you bigger get paycheck. Do sure. you have an opportunity to get? Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit better uh, partner. So I, I thought that was interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have. I don't think I'm in that category because I don't think I'm well endowed, and I don't think I make any money. So yeah, I think I was eliminated from the survey. I don't think, that, <laughs> I don't think that works. So when we come back. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back. We'll talk with uh, Chad Bishop from the thevucommodors.com. Talk about Aaron Niesmith, draft pick of the Celtics, and also Rob Mosley from GoDucks.com. We will talk about Peyton Pritchard, the two Celtics draft picks, and then we will do five questions with two assholes, and it all comes up right after this. Stay with us. We are joined by Chad Bishop, who covers Vanderbilt basketball for vucommodores.com. to talk Aaron Neesmith. Hi, uh, Chad. Thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Hopefully it's not uh, too cold up there. It's, it's yeah. very hot <laughs> down here in Nashville. I had to rub that in a little bit in the mid-60s today. It will not be the mid-60s again for about five months. Later. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Aaron Neesmith will have to get used to that, being a Charleston kid and spending a couple years in Nashville. Well, I I bet he will. You
0: know, when the Celtics drafted Aaron 14th, there were a couple of weaknesses they had. One was veteran bench, but the other one was a real pure shooter. And it seems as though Aaron may fill that role as someone who can really knock it down, not only, you know, off the catch,
3: but off the bounce too. There's no question about it. And I think the thing that's really um, surprising in a good way about Aaron is he he really wasn't that type of shooter coming out of high school. He was more of a general, you know, scorer, more of a scoring guard, you know, who would get to the get to the lane and get to the basket. Uh but between his freshman year and his sophomore year, and a lot of this has to do with head coach Jerry Stackhouse, um, you know, Aaron really dedicated himself to going into the gym, working on his jump shot, whether that was long range or mid range, getting a lot stronger in the weight room, um, you know, just staying in the gym all hours of the day and all hours of the night and really becoming that kid who could score um, with the with the jump shot from anywhere on the court I mean you look at some of the shot charts that are floating around there online whether it was from NBA stats or or I think ESPN might have had one out there too I mean he he knocked down shots from virtually everywhere on the floor and he's very very tough to defend so um, I, I think the good news for Boston in that regard is he's just getting started I mean he he was not that much of a shooter year one and look what he became year two and so um, you know kind of uh trajecting that over an NBA career would, would seem to bode well.
1: Based off of, you know, the work that he's put in between year one and year two, um, his backstory is kind of interesting. He worked kind of long hours with his dad and there's, you know, some stories that he was building chicken coops and that kind of stuff. How does that kind of speak to uh work ethic he has and build into uh, a player moving forward. Yeah, I think
3: that's, that's you know, exactly it is that, is that it's just such a great sign for him moving forward. You know, any any kid that makes it to this level, the NBA or professional basketball, everyone's going to say, well, they're, you know, they're a hard worker. Of course, the kids are hard workers because they wouldn't, if they weren't, they wouldn't have gotten to this level. But I think the thing with Aaron that's different is, you know, he, he came from a high school class Um, That was the same as Zion Williamson. He was in the same state as Zion. Um, He came to Nashville at Vanderbilt. He was in the same class as Darius Garland with the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, Simi Satula, who's uh, now with the D League with the Chicago Bulls. And so he was kind of just kind of overlooked. So, you know, I I don't necessarily think he has a chip on his shoulder, but I, I just think people have kind of forgotten about him because of the company he's kept. And so I think that's kind of driven him to work extremely hard. Um, you know, he had really, you know, no reason to to come into his sophomore year just, you know, to, to grind as hard as he did. I mean, there was a new coach. Uh, his team just went winless in SEC play. Um, you know, he re- probably wasn't really sure how his sophomore year was going to go. Um, So for him to really put in those hours and work says a lot about him. And, you know, that's like you guys said, that's because of the the background and childhood he had growing up in the in the hot uh, South Carolina summers in Charleston with his dad who drove home that work ethic and instilled in him. Uh, what it means to work really hard and get the job done. So he credits his dad a lot for that. Uh, his dad's been a huge influence in his life in, in terms of understanding work ethic, and uh, that that won't change. You know, I, I think he knows he'll get to Boston and, and understand work's not done. I got to keep pressing, keep moving forward, and become a star in this league. Coach Brad Stevens talked about he had some physical attributes that he thought would
0: translate well in the NBA. athletic, you know, athletic, physical sort of body, and he thought the defense would come. How do you see? Aaron developing as sort of an all around player in the NBA. You think he'll be able to defend multiple positions and that sort of stuff. I don't
3: think Jerry Stackhouse will allow him not to defend. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jerry Stackhouse has only been a national one year, but I think all those who have been around coach Stackhouse and his players and the fans and, and those in the media understand uh, that the man knows what he's doing from a coaching perspective. And he's, he's a Dean Smith disciple and he preaches defense. And if you can't play defense, you're not going to play. And, um, you know, talking to Jerry Stackhouse a couple of weeks ago, you know, he kind of joked that it was good to hear Aaron Neesmith, uh mention the film sessions that the two of them had about defense and how Jerry Stackhouse pretty much ripped Aaron apart. But Aaron, to his credit, uh, understood that and worked on it and came back and, and tried to be a better defender and knew that no matter how many threes he made, if he wasn't going to defend on the other end of the court, you know, that was going to you know severely cut into his playing time. So, with that being said, uh, my point is that I think he understands moving forward that, hey, to make it in the NBA, uh, you're going to have to defend. Um, he know, he knows he's playing for a coach that's going to ask that of him in the league. Uh, he knows he's going to do that to make his former coach, Sherry Stackhouse, proud. And then I, I think part of that, too, that ties in, and I mentioned earlier, is, is his development physically. I mean, he was – I'm not going to say he was a scrawny kid coming out of high school, but he, he definitely wasn't, um, you know, the physical specimen he is today. He's definitely gotten a lot stronger in the upper body, um, he's, he's probably a little bit more physical than, than people give him credit for in terms of shrugging defenders off, maybe putting a shoulder into him and, and being able to hit that step-back threes. Uh, again, the kid only played two years of college basketball. I think he's just scratching the surface, and I think he knows got to get stronger, got to play better defense, and continue to work hard, and, and that, I think that's really going to bode well for him here in the years to come.
1: Speaking of Coach Stackhouse, he's compared him to Ray Allen and Allen Houston, I guess, as uh, NBA comps, uh, and apparently in practice – once this past season, he hit 91 of 100 threes. So, I mean, that's got to bode well for his future.
3: Yeah, Stackhouse is pretty fond of telling that story. And that, that, that's because, you know, he, I, you know, I think Stackhouse would probably sit there and marvel and be like, I can't believe that, you know, this kid kind of fell into my lap that I get to coach him in year one. And I think Jerry Stackhouse knew early on when he got here uh, last April Uh, April of 2019 that hey uh, this is the kid I'm going to build my program and my season and my team around and unfortunately Aaron got hurt in January with a foot issue Uh, but you know it it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to see Aaron Neesmith rolling into practice on that little uh, you know scooter with his knee up and grab a basketball and drain shots one-handed I mean the, the kid loves to shoot he understands that's who he is and that's what he's good at you know I think Jerry Stackhouse knew that as well and probably let him know early on hey man you know you're, you're pretty good but I can make you great and I can take you places and, and just you know follow what I tell you to do and again to Aaron's credit he did did that and, and now he's in the NBA. Yeah, you know there's another uh, Vanny Commodore that was picked 38 Sabin Lee uh, to the Detroit Pistons I, I was just
0: wondering if you could give us some some feedback on, on him and his prospects of potentially making an NBA roster it's a Detroit team that's rebuilding so there may be some opportunities.
3: Yeah, I think everyone in Nashville is just really hopeful that Saban Lee will be able to make it uh, in the NBA because, you know, that that young man uh, went through a lot in his career. You know, he, he came in, you know, as kind of recruited as a point guard, but then he kind of had to back up uh, Darius Garland, and then they kind of switched him to shooting guard. Um, and then, you know, this past year he was kind of playing alongside Aaron Neesmith and, and Scotty Pippen's son, Scotty Pippen Jr., um, and just never really had a defined role. Then Vanderbilt has has honestly lost a ton of basketball games during Saban Lee's career, but but the kid is just you know physically gifted. I mean he can fly through the paint. He can really finish at the rim. Uh, for being kind of a smaller kid, he, he's very strong and very physical, and he's got a tough mindset too. I mean he doesn't say a lot. Uh, he doesn't smile a ton. He's very hard nosed. Um, his his father played. Uh, college football at Florida State. So he kind of has that background growing up. And, and so he's just he's just a, a really, really good kid who really went through a lot. And I think he'll be driven to make uh, that that roster in Detroit because uh, a lot of folks scratched their head when he declared for the NBA draft. And, you know, even Jerry Stackhouse was uh, pretty honest in saying, you know, he thought Saban would probably be more of a free agent signing than a draft pick. Uh, but but credit to Sabin for putting in some work in the offseason during during COVID, during the pandemic, to put himself in position to get noticed. You know, so I, I think, again, Sabin's a guy that could make a roster in terms of you're looking for a spark plug off the bench, a guy that can really, you know, fire you up and drive to the lane and get that and one. You know, if he keeps, you know, keeps developing and keeps working just like Aaron, uh, he's got a shot. He's maybe got a little bit of a longer road than Aaron does. Uh, but again, a kid that's that's not going to be denied because I think he's been told a lot through his career that, um, you know, you're good, but maybe not good enough. But you know, look at him now; he's kind of, you know, probably saying, "Look at me now" to a lot of his doubters. Coach Stackhouse has obviously made an
0: impact right away here, and seems to be getting, you know, the recruiting is, is seems to be upgraded, and looks like that you mentioned Scottie Pippen Jr. and and getting some talent into Vandy. What's what's the future look like, and in this sort of COVID? season coming up what does the season sort of look like
3: for it's going to be incredibly interesting to watch because last year anytime a college goes through a coaching change you know usually there's there's some pretty significant roster turnover and so Jerry Stackhouse was hit with that a little bit he didn't have a a traditional full roster in his first season everybody talks about Aaron Neesmith's injury but Cleveland Brown his starting center a traditional shot blocking center Uh, was lost for the season as well, Uh, really early on. I think it was November, if not early December. So there was one starter there. And then Aaron Neesmith goes down in January. So there's two starters. Uh, and he, he still managed to win 11 games. Now, that's not good enough for Jerry Stackhouse. But going into year two, which I, I'm actually calling year one, because I think year one was more of a year zero. He's got 17 kids on the roster, full available scholarship roster at his disposal. Uh, he's got a lot of kids coming back who were true freshmen last year, who are sophomores yet uh, this year. He had a couple transfers sitting out. A kid by the name of DJ Harvey, who started his career at Notre Dame. Uh, a sophomore named Dylan DeSue, who played a lot last year as a true freshman. Those two guys right there are kind of going to be pivotal for Vanderbilt going into Stackhouse's year two. And then you mentioned Scottie Pippen's son. Uh, They gave him the basketball and threw him in at point guard for every single game, 32 games last year as a true freshman. He played like a freshman at times, but he also played like an upperclassman at other times, and you can see he's got that uh, moxie from his father. You know, he's a competitor, uh, doesn't show a lot of emotion, uh, but uh, does a great job at the point guard spot. So, with all those ingredients, uh, Jerry Stackhouse has definitely got the tools and 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 some ingredients to you know turn things around in year two. Uh, and a lot of folks around here think he will because of his basketball acumen and the way he's able to draw up plays and really run his system like an NBA team.
0: You know, Chad, we're really looking forward to seeing Aaron E. Smith in the Celtics uniform. We're hoping that he brings that intangible. They were missing with a real pure shooting and and some bench help this year. And the Celtics, of course, one of the real contenders in the NBA. So I think it's a great opportunity for him. The fan base is pretty excited about what they've heard about Aaron and And we really appreciate you being on and and, and talking to us about him. And we wish you guys the best. Oh, thanks so much.
3: Yeah, and I think the fans are going to love Aaron. I mean, he's, um, you know, he's just such a nice kid. He's he's very affable and he's always willing to talk and and crack jokes and and learn, too. I mean, he's a very gifted student as well. And, and, um, you know, I think he can play the violin and and just obviously if he got into Vanderbilt, right? His brother's (laughs) a Harvard student yeah, Aaron E. Oh, Smith wow. considered going to Harvard as well before he signed on with Vanderbilt. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to fit in up there well, and I think that he's going to be a fan favorite very, very soon. Well, that's great. He'll be near his brother's. I, I think there a, was a – yeah, I think there was a tweet out there that he could just bunk up with his, at his brother's dorm room for his rookie season. So, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> oh, that's great. We really appreciate it. See yeah, guys, call Thanks. Thanks for having me. We are joined by Rob
0: Mosley. He's the editor of GoDucks.com, the official website of Oregon Athletics. Rob, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Sure. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, picked 26 by the Celtics in the draft, point guard, Pac 12 player of the year. So I really saw him as sort of a, a gym rat type of playground type player, could do multiple things on the floor as a point guard. So I just want to get your take on Peyton as a player.
2: Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, the thing that struck everyone out here at Oregon last year was how he progressed. That's just a big shot maker. I mean, he he was a a complimentary player earlier in his career on the the 2017 Final Four team that had, you know, Jordan Bell, Dylan Brooks, guys that went on to the league. And I don't think anybody then out here really saw it coming that he was going to be 20 points a game, you know, hitting threes from 25 feet away to beat Washington on the road, hitting six threes to beat Arizona on the road. I mean, he just became a, a premier scorer. And, and yeah, that, that element of the game you talk about, you know, where, yeah, he would just step back on anybody as long as he was within half court and hit a shot well, it was really impressive and made it a really, really fun season.
1: So he's kind of been uh, a winning player, you know, coming from high school. He won his high school team, won four state titles coming into Oregon, and they had success and uh, he took them to a final four, you know, winning type of player.
2: Yeah, I think he's a guy who I would, I would define his leadership, his leadership style, I guess, kind of quiet determination. I mean, he just puts in the work day after day after day in the gym. Um, and so that earns, that earns credibility with teammates, you know, as we know. I mean, there's some some leaders that are really vocal guys, the rah-rah guys. Peyton's not necessarily that guy, um, at least in my experience, but he just puts in the work. And, and so guys respect that um, and, and guys gravitate to that. So college basketball being what it is these days, you know, every year big-time men's teams kind of experience a rebirth and, you know, transfers in and out guys being one-and-dones, things like that. And so his sophomore year, you know, that was a team where things just didn't quite click. And his junior year, things were starting to trend that direction a little bit. And right around the new year, his junior year, he just decided that wasn't going to fly anymore. He really devoted himself to a better nutrition program so he could take on more minutes and just play a bigger role. Um, that team ended up winning 10 in a row uh, late in the season and, and making a little run in the tournament that to kind of set the stage for for the big year conference title season they had his senior year so he you know that kind of a light went on for him in terms of i need to be the guy for this team middle of his junior year and uh he just he was a heck of a player from that point on
0: coming into the league some rookies have some difficulties you know with the defensive side of the game playing defense at nba levels obviously one of the tougher things to do everybody can score everybody's you know a very good player and so i just wanted to get your take on peyton and, and you know what type of defender he was and if, if you think that that is something he could do at the next level.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I can speak to that. You know, I don't personally watch a ton of NBA basketball. You know, I, I think the tenacity that he brings to his work in the gym, you know, he brings on the defensive end. I mean, he's, he's going to go hard. Um, mm-hmm. And like I say, his, his conditioning is such that he prepares himself to play a lot of minutes and to play hard for a lot of minutes. You know, is, is he going to be the most athletic on-ball defender that anybody's ever seen? You know, I don't know if he's going to be that guy. Can he play within a defensive system? It was never my experience that he was a guy that another team said, we're going to target him. We're going to go at him all night and have a bunch of success. So yeah, I, I guess that's what I would say about him as a defensive player.
1: So he's he's just the fourth player in Pac-12 history to lead the league in scoring and assists, joining the likes of Gary
2: Payton, Damon Stodemeyer, and Jason Terry. I mean, that's that's some pretty elite company. No doubt about that. and And... And as I said earlier, I mean, I I just don't think even the most fair weather Oregon fans would have said his freshman, even a sophomore year, he was going to be that guy. But it just speaks to the work he put in. And again, the shot maker he turned into because he did have that distributor mentality all the way along. I mean, he was he was, you know, again, he was a complimentary guy earlier in his career, you know, with that that Jordan Bell, Dylan Brooks team. And, you know, so facilitating for those guys, that's who he was. That's what his his uh, profile was as a player. So then to just add on to that um, and become a scorer while also still being able to keep his teammates involved was just really, really impressive. And it kind of speaks to, I think, you know, what you, you talked about earlier, I mean, it's just he's a winner and that just doesn't come naturally. You have to work at that and you have to work to be that and you have to um, make things happen on your team to facilitate that and he just finds a way to do whatever is necessary to to make his teams good.
0: You know, we're really excited to see what Peyton Pritchard can bring to the table. I think there's an opportunity here with the Celtics, even though they were one of the contenders, they could really <laughs> use some bench help, particularly scoring bench help. I think that was one of the weaknesses last year in shooting, shooting ability. And I think with Aaron Neesmith from Vandy and with Peyton Pritchard, I think they probably have those two guys who can at least score a little off the bench. Not sure what type of playing minutes they'll get, you know, coming in. But I think at least they can give some scoring option, you know, off the bench.
2: I love that idea of him being that guy who can, you know, kind of the old Vinnie Johnson microwave role <laughs> where, you know, nice. somebody comes in and, you know, boom, drops a couple threes and, you know, gets your team going because they need a lift or, you know, if your starters are getting a blow, you know, doesn't let your team get itself into a hole while they're, you know, while your starters are getting a rest. I mean, he can, the shots he made, as a senior in particular, were against the, the elite teams, and, or at least the elite talent in this league. You know, Washington wasn't a team, you know, that always the last couple of years had a ton of success, but they had dudes. You know, you saw mm. how, how many guys from the Pac-12 got drafted this week. I mean, he, he was making shots against NBA-caliber players in a lot of instances. And, uh, you know, his ability to step back and hit from distance, I mean, distance is distance. And that's going to be the same in the league. And, I, you know, I just think he can be a guy who can still be that kind of a shot maker. Will be tougher? guys are a little longer a little quicker for sure but with that kind of range i mean that, mm. that's that's going to translate i think i hope rob we really appreciate you taking some time to talk and, and
0: hopefully maybe we'll you know we'll talk to you down the road when peyton's an all-star how about that
2: i love the sound <laughs> of that yeah hey the, there's some new celtics fans in uh in eugene oregon that's for sure um that's and, awesome and not just because of danny true. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is cool.
0: thanks rob we really appreciate yeah,
2: it yeah awesome have a great night guys <laughs>
0: All right, here is our new segment, Five Questions with Two Assholes, and we have our first female 5 Questions victim, and it's Kristen. Hi, Kristen.
4: Hello, fellas. How are you?
0: Great, great. So we asked five questions in this segment, and we are, in fact, the two
4: assholes, if you didn't know that already. Well, um, I kind of knew that, but I don't, wouldn't go that <laughs> far. Don't. I kind of like you guys, so I don't really think you're that <laughs> asshole oats. Well, that's nice to hear. Well, that's very nice. Yeah, typically that's not what we hear, so that's good. (laughs) All right, so uh,
1: five questions. So here is question number one from Smith. Okay. Question number one. Would you rather have a permanently clogged nose or green food stuck in your teeth forever?
4: Ooh. You know, I would have to go with the stuffed nose because there's quite a few smells that I wouldn't be that upset not smelling anymore.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm honestly I'm with you on that one. I would go with the stuffed nose because having something stuck in your teeth is just it, maddening. It, it, yes, it like. would drive you crazy. And, it, and then something green that that somebody else can see. Yeah. No, no,
4: no thanks. Mess. I live with um a 12 year old and a 40 something year old man, so like the stopped nose, not being able to smell, absolutely.
0: That that's absolutely true, and I would probably go with that too because the the food stuck in the teeth. Is there any? I mean. I can't believe that the things that suck in your teeth stay in your teeth. Like, you, you just can't get it out. Why can't you just get it out of your tooth? Like, you have to go yeah. get like utensils and it's okay. terrible. All right. Second question is, what is your favorite curse word?
4: Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> this is always a hard one for me because it's the C word, Ooh, which okay. which, is, yes. which is not necessarily <laughs> a good thing because I'm a female. No, it is. Say it. Say but, it sometimes
1: I, i've been talking oh, to matt yes. behind the scenes about yeah. this yes this is awesome okay. this you just made oh hi oh,
4: i'm so happy so here's the thing <laughs> sometimes oh sh- the, oh there's such a cunt it's just the best thing to say <laughs> yeah yes. but see here's but, but here's, here's the thing though fellas i don't um I don't ever say, I don't it say it in front of to, people to like in front of people, like to someone to make right. them feel badly, because even though I really like right. that word and find that word to be so incredibly, like accurately descriptive of some people, I don't ever want anybody yeah. to think that about me. <laughs> right. Well, true. No, I, true. I, I, I but yeah, that is, that so is my it, I mean, favorite curse word.
1: Yes. It's a British curse and that's, they, they use it all the time. It's like just calling someone right. a jerk. Yes, my sister is like, oh. from
4: Australia. My sister-in-law, sorry, is is Australian, and that's that's exactly right. Like they use that word, like yeah, like we use asshole,
1: right? You so know, my thing behind the scenes with Matt was was I want to bring the word back. I want to come back. It, I it want everybody right. to say it. I
4: want it we've been to going
0: it. back on forth, and it's funny you mentioned that because we have been going back and forth on that. Yeah,
4: <laughs> that might that I'm might make people think out. less of me, but yes, sure. I, I I it's just it it's just sometimes the only one that fits the situation.
1: Well, I, I it makes me think more of you. I yeah. love it. It, it, we, respect, we respect your bravery.
4: Sweet. Yeah.
1: So question number yes. three is a little personal. Okay. What is the shortest amount of time it's ever taken you to have sex? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you mean like after meeting someone?
1: No, no, no. Like how long did the actual act last?
4: Oh, okay. The the, the quickest time. Yes. Well, clearly it was not a good time for me, but right <laughs> there was there is one that comes to mind. Okay. It was back. Remember when I had to move to California, and I mm-hmm. did. I, I yeah. was dating this guy at work, and I just thought he was so cute, and I was like all fired up, and it was like boom, boom, done. Two pumps. Yeah, up. like it was really depressing. Not that I had you know a lot to go on back then, but right, I was pretty disappointed. Right. So are we talking like oh. under a minute. If it was two minutes, that's that's being generous. Wow! You know? okay. And like, wow. guess what? That's Girls a, don't that's... like that. No. I mean, and guess no. what? No. And I can't it didn't happen again. <laughs> right. Well, that's typically what happens. Yeah. And that—I'll tell you—that's
0: a—that's a man's sort of worst. One of the worst yeah. nightmares is to, yeah. is to have well, I, I, I,
4: I, that. I, I, guess yeah. <laughs> now I would feel bad, but at the time I certainly didn't yeah. feel bad.
0: No, you, no, you did not feel bad. At all. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right, so next question. If you could be a family member in any TV sitcom, (sighs) what show would you choose? TV sitcom?
4: Does it have to be a present-day sitcom, or can it be? Oh, no. No, No, no. anything. Family member in a TV sitcom. As much as um, she was in the news earlier on, like, I I would want to be on the Roseanne show. I would want to be, like, their long-lost niece or something. Okay. That was or they show. could just I mean, use me show. as the yeah. third replacement for Becky. I don't know. I could be yeah, Becky Brunette be Becky. Good. I'd go family
0: ties.
1: Oh, family I knew you ties. Really That's family ties. a good one. You did, not you? Yeah, you did. I would go. I would go Sanford and Son. I think. Ooh, you'd be the, the total. I would white be guy. Lamont's <laughs> illegitimate brother in the junk business. <laughs> the one time he cheated on a little girl. Yeah. Bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love me some Red Fox. So, yeah, you do. I mean, How could you not? You I
4: actually, um, yep. <laughs> when I got married, that was the entrance music for my ex-husband and I. was the oh, Sanford and Sun theme. Oh, my wow, God. It's true awesome. story.
1: We should do theme songs sometimes. We, like, we should. You know what's a great theme song is Barney yeah. Miller. It is. That's a great theme song. Absolutely. Yeah. Night Court. Oh mm. Night Court. Uh, last All question. Right. here we go. Because you are a bartender, we want to know what your favorite drink to make is.
4: My favorite drink to make,
1: or your favorite drink to drink, if you would. Well, I mean, that. my
4: favorite drink That's to drink fine, is too. typical. You know, it depends on my mood. Like, you know, Stoli Raz and soda. I, I know, because I'm a chick. That. It's fine, but it's good.
0: Yeah. I um. I say that. Clearly, yeah. as a bartender, you
4: mind. want a drink. You want to make drinks that have the least amount of ingredients in them because they take up the least amount of your time, so you can get moved on to other things. So, oh, like, I people that. that like order like Long Island iced teas, you're just. I, uh, they're a garbage yeah. person like no you're, they're either yeah. 21 you can't,
0: they can't tip
4: they're either 21 them. and just you know ordered a drink for the first time in a restaurant or you know they're like some like nice. you know 50 year old that thinks he can get a 20 year old like no so
1: you want somebody to order a beer a glass of wine or, or a truck, like basically. a jack and coke yeah. and, and or get a face.
4: tito's soda you know because everybody in the world thinks that uh, tito's vodka is now the only vodka in the world to drink
0: I knew you were so still your I though
4: it. <sighs> Sorry, I was so I
0: predictable. I do get the Long Island Iced Teas, and I'm a 47-year-old, too. You know. Oh, I'm not saying they don't
4: taste good. They <laughs> certainly
0: do, but. Yeah. I'll tell you what tastes really good is Georgia Peach Tea. Mm. Yeah, they do. We had those back in the day. Georgia Peach Teas. Is- Oh my goodness! It has peach schnapps instead it's, of yeah, uh, instead of Coke, Coke. It's a Long Island. Oh, okay, yeah, they do
4: Grateful and... Dead's, which is like uh, Shambord instead of Coke. So those those could be tasty oh, okay. as well. Okay. Well, that
0: was your five questions with two assholes with Kristen. We really appreciate guys, being on. Guys, hey. And being
4: a lord. I am. I love it. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. We really appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks guys a lot. You are Kristen. very
4: very welcome.
0: And that'll do it for episode number 25. And Special thanks to Chad Bishop from com, and also Rob Mosley from GoDucks.com and our special guest, Kristen, who answered five questions with two assholes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Smitty, another great episode. 25 episodes. We are over the hump. We did it. We are it. headed for stardom. Every single week, Sunday nights, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Smitty, we'll do it again next week. So everybody have a great week. Everybody has a great holiday. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Bye.